This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Great to have you here on Listen App. We've got a lot to talk about today. It is official. Uh, This came down the pike yesterday that Chet Holmgren the rookie out of Oklahoma City has suffered a serious foot injury in the Pro-Am game that was played in Seattle a couple of days ago, and he's out for the year. How about that? Out for the year. I mean, he can't even – out for the year. Now, I know there's a lot of debate on whether he should be playing in a Pro-Am. The reality is it's uh, sanctioned by the NBA, so, all right, they allow it. That's number one. Number two. Okay. These guys play a lot of basketball in the offseason, but they don't play on a slippery floor. They don't play on a floor that has moisture and condensation on it, which I guess are the same freaking thing. I don't know why the story said moisture and condensation. I consider those the same thing. But, you know, the reality is you cannot have these professional athletes playing on an unsafe playing surface. They stopped the game in the second quarter because of that. All right? They stopped the game. And I was worried about this before the draft. When Chet Holmgren came out, I said, I wouldn't take the guy. Number one, I thought it would take a couple years to develop, but I was worried about his frame. You know, when I look at the his body, it just concerns me. Same way I was concerned about Zion Williamson and all of his weight. It just has to deal with physics. And you just hope this is not a career thing for this guy, because if you watch Summer League, this was a very talented young man. Okay? Very talented. Very talented. Did you see the fight video from practice today with the Bengals and the Rams? Did you see Aaron Donald? Okay? I mean. Showing Donald swinging a helmet multiple times during the fracas. What the hell is wrong with these players? Seriously. What, what, what is wrong with these players? Why is it that every time we have joint practices, there are fights and brawls that break out? It happens all the deal. Uh, um, I don't get it. Now, McVay had, uh, Sean McVay, the Rams coach, had said earlier that he didn't want to make a big deal of the fracas and said that it was just two teams defending each other. Really? Come on now. McVay said, I just see guys swinging, and some guys have helmets on and some don't. There's a scrum. You just never know what can occur. And my biggest concern is just unnecessary injuries 
for people that we're counting on, whether it's for our team or the other team. Bengals coach Zach Taylor, quote, it just got a little scuffly. Really? And then Taylor said, we just called it. We were in the last practice period. We got two really good days of work. So it was worth getting the extra couple of days? No. Or the, or the extra couple of plays. So we called it. How come coaches accept this? Like, I don't understand that. All right? It's awful. Do you see the video of that fight? Bad news. Bad news indeed. All right, you know the routine. You hit your hand icon, and we will do it. All right, you can follow me on social media at Grant Napier Show. The event for me to get my head shaved along with Ryan in Sacktown is going to be on September 12th at Bennett's Kitchen Bar on Eureka Road in Roseville. All right? So we're going to open up the event beginning at 3 p.m. I will be doing my show right here on Listen App at 4 p.m. Monday Night Football, we have Seattle hosting Denver, Russell Wilson. At halftime, Ryan and I are going to get our heads shaved. We're raising money for charity. If you go to my Twitter account, at Grant Napier Show, and when Ryan calls in later, we'll get his Twitter handle so you can follow him. You will have a step-by-step guide how you can get a guaranteed spot into this event on September 12th. All right, we hope to raise a minimum of $10,000 to charity. And the person that makes the largest donation will be able to donate all of the charitable money to their charity of their choice. In other words, the charity of their choice. So, you know, if you donate, let's say five grand and you have the highest amount, then when we tally up all of the charitable donations, you will be able to donate that money to your favorite charity. So we're going to have fun. We're going to raise some money. Uh, We're going to have a lot of ways for you to contribute. And it is coming up September 12th at Bennett's Kitchen Bar on Eureka Road. All right. So put that down right now. Monday Night Football. And I'm going to walk in with a head of hair. And I'm going to walk out bald. There you go. Grant Napier bald. I'm scary with hair. I can't even imagine how scary I'm going to look without hair. But you know, you got to take one for the team sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I do what I got to do, right? I got to do what I got to do. All right. So I'm hoping that you can be there uh, September 12th at Bennett's Kitchen Bar. All right. Tomorrow on my podcast, I preview the NFC. Boy, if you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, what an awful offseason. Horrible. Now you lose Tyron Smith for probably the whole year. Tore the hamstring off the bone. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very good to me. I mean, that's brutal. Absolutely brutal for the Cowboys. So they lose their stud left tackle. Injuries, injuries, injuries. It's amazing how many serious injuries we've had in the preseason. And this, again, occurred at practice. Not on the, not during the game, during practice. And how often do we talk about this? So if you're a fan of the Cowboys, that is a significant, very significant loss before the beginning of the season. I think Philadelphia is going to win that division. I thought they were going to win that division even before the injury to Smith. But 
boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I guess he was blocking uh, Van Der Esch and tore his hamstring. That's really the definition of tearing your hamstring. So I think he's going to have surgery. And at the earliest, at the earliest, he would come back in December. Now, you look at that guy and the size of him. Yes, he would be able to do upper body work. But leg-wise, no. I don't see any way in the world that he, he would come back this year. Now, if the Cowboys were to make the playoffs in January and he's got a couple of weeks to build up strength and work out, okay, then maybe. Maybe. But that's only a maybe. That is a bad injury for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, bad injury. All right, let's get to uh, Antonio right here on this Thursday edition of Listen Up. What's up, Antonio? Hey, what's up, Grant? Hey, uh, what was that, your 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 buddy that used to be a Cowboy fan you guys used to go at all, all the time? I forgot that guy's name. Stanley. Stan- Stanley. Stanley. I'd like to hear Stanley have a little rant right now. Hey, um, I'm with you on chat, man. I just thought his frame, man, it just um, – it just does. I don't know how much he's going to grow and yoke up or bulk up, or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a, I don't know. So does the NBA? So the NBA authorizes those games, huh? They they approve those. Yes, that's correct. It's I guess the word is sanction. They say yes, absolutely. That, that's been going on for that pro. pro it's pro am I? I mean, I'm just. I mean, I know you guys got the league in sack before the before the uh, summer league, and then there's. A couple of I don't, these are more popping up more and more that I wasn't even aware of. No, the, 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 these are events put on by the Seattle NBA players, former players, Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, those are the they, they do this every year. And it's, a, you know, they get a lot of good players to go up there and play. And but here's the problem. The court had condensation on it. They called off the game in the middle of the second quarter. And it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe to be playing on. That's the problem I have. Oh, that's terrible. Hey, uh, when are you – so you're doing the NFC uh, on your podcast. When are you going to get to – you haven't done the AFC yet because I can't wait to hear your AFC breakdown. I'm going to do that on Tuesday's podcast. So tomorrow I'm doing the NFC, and then on Tuesday I'll do the AFC. And then coming up on Friday, a guy that I have a lot of respect for, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com, he's going to come on my podcast a week from tomorrow, and we'll talk about both college uh, and the NFL. So. You know, I'm going to start transitioning to uh, a lot of football talk. Obviously, we uh, wait for this, right? Every year, we can't wait for the end of August, the beginning of September. So that's going to be, you know, a focus on, you know, quite a bit of my shows coming up. And then lastly, uh, Grant, um, one more thing. So the the coaches or the teams, they're going to – they – they police what happens in this fight. They, I, I mean, I could, I really don't get a good view. It's kind of far away. I don't know if you've got a different view on YouTube that I've seen Aaron Donald. I, I can hear the smack of the helmet, but uh, so the, the teams have to discipline. It's not going to be a uh, your buddy, uh, uh, not to say Paul Tagliabue. I think you forgot the guy, the, 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 the NFL camera. He's like, yeah. Roger Goodell. I don't think Roger, I don't know. This is not a game. Uh, it's a practice. So I believe the teams will be the ones. Now, if, you know, Aaron Donald seriously injured someone with his helmet, then maybe that's a different story. I haven't heard any reports of that, so I don't believe that occurred. Yeah. Hey, uh, Grant, I got a chance. One more thing I know real quick. Uh, I got a chance to listen to your uh, the other podcast, and you were talking about when you met Al Davis. And I wanted to call you Wednesday, but I was tied up. But I appreciate you giving all the different – you know, I'm a lifelong Raider fan, so I heard you, heard you break down some stuff. So I always appreciate your show, Grant. 
I'll be looking to be more locked in on your AFC breakdown, but I'll be listening to the NFC breakdown. You have a good week, good day, man. Well, I'll tell you this. I know you can't wait for that first game. That Raiders-Chargers game is some amazing way to start off the season, Antonio. That's going to be a hell of a game. I'll be, I'll be there. That's why I'm not sure if I can make it back by the make it back that next month. Understand. Yet, but thank you, Grant. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, that is going to be one hell of a game. Um, you know, again, I never thought in a million years that I would ever be in the presence of Al Davis. Never. Never thought that. And to actually have a couple of experiences of talking to Al in person and on the phone and then being at a meeting in his conference room wasn't his office it was a conference room at the alameda facility it was unbelievable for me yeah i'm just i never i mean al davis whether you like the raiders or not whether you are a fan of al davis or not the guy was a living freaking legend okay i mean you can't deny that uh what he did for professional football his impact on professional football was unbelievable and his relationship with Pete Rozelle and the National Football League and all their lawsuits. I mean, we know that it was a very contentious time for Al and the National Football League. So, I mean, you can watch the 30 for 30 on it, which is very interesting. But I'll tell you this. I was probably the most nervous I've ever been, ever, in meeting a celebrity, a well-known figure. I don't know if maybe Bill Russell. You know, I think the first time I interviewed Bill Russell, when Bill was the coach of the Kings, or the first time I met Bill, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, I'm meeting, I'm talking to Bill Russell. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's Bill freaking Russell. You know, so, but I would say Al Davis, Bill Russell, probably the most nervous I've been, but I was more nervous for Al than I was for Bill. I mean, when I walked onto the practice field and around the one practice field, because Al was in the middle of both practice fields, when I walked with Bruce Allen, the then general manager. And Al was in his white sweatsuit in the middle of the two fields. And, you know, Bruce, I really like Bruce. Bruce was great to me. And I, I used to talk to Bruce Allen all the time, and he was really good to me. All right? I mean, he really was. I, I can't say anything bad about Bruce. Bruce treated me really well and very respectful, and he was great to me. But... When I met Al Davis, that was nerve-wracking for me, nerve-wracking. And that experience was, I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that August day that I met Al for the first time. And then being in the conference room with him, with Jim Plunkett, Tom Flores, um, 
Artie Gigantino, Greg Papa, George Atkinson, and me. And I'm looking around. I'm like, what the hell am I doing in this meeting? I shouldn't be in this meeting. Seriously. What am I doing in a meeting with Tom Flores, Jim Plunkett, George Atkinson? I mean, and, and Al Davis. What, what am I in there for? I don't even know how I ended up in there. But the door was closed, and we were at a big conference table. And it was fascinating for me, fascinating to listen to Al. And I, I was critical of Al a lot of my radio show towards the end of his tenure. I didn't think he did a very good job with the Raiders in the last uh, decade of his life with the Raiders. You know, I, I just didn't. You know, I thought he made a lot of mistakes. I thought he made a lot of bad decisions at the quarterback position. I thought the Carson Palmer decision was awful. Uh, I thought, you know, there were many other decisions that he made at the quarterback position that I just totally thought were horrible that made no sense to me. So I, I was critical of him. You know, Jamarcus Russell, terrible. I mean, we can go on and on. Terrible. So, you know, I would, you know, I had a radio show to do and I was calling it the way I saw it. But Al, Al called it the way he saw it, but Al wanted to know what you thought. Al was always asking people for their opinions on stuff. May not have gone along with their opinion, but Al always wanted to know what you thought. And he would ask you. If you ran into Al, he would ask you. And I was nervous as all hell. you know. And I'll tell you, that conversation I had with him, when he told me how I was going to address the Randy Moss situation at the beginning of the telecast, and then he asked me while he was talking to me, he goes, Grant, are you writing this down? Yes, sir. And when I got done, when he got done narrating what I was going to say, when he said to me, Grant, what are you going to say tonight on TV? And I wrote it down word for word. And I have terrible handwriting, so sometimes I can't even read my own writing. But I read it back verbatim, and he said, that's it. But then he said this. He said, Grant, you're not going to address this. At any other point during the game, you're going to say that. And then Randy Moss's name will not come up on the telecast the rest of the game. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Have a great day, Mr. Davis. See you tonight. Okay, Grant. Thank you. I mean, that's the way that conversation went. But, I, you know, you know how a lot of times if you're having a conversation and say, hey, are you writing this down? Right? Or, you know, if you had a conversation with your mom or dad over the phone or you were, whatever, doing homework or whatever the case may be. Are you writing this down? Oh, yeah, I'm writing it down. And you weren't writing it down. But when Al Davis said, Grant, are you writing this down? I'm like, yes, sir. And, oh, you better believe I was writing it down. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine if I had not been writing that down and Al asked me, what are you going to say on TV tonight? And I got it wrong? Oh, my gosh. How embarrassing would have that been? Here's the other deal. I don't understand why they didn't let Jim Gray handle that. I mean, Jim was the sideline reporter during those games. They should have let him handle that. That shouldn't have been my job. That should not be the way you open up a telecast. I should have said, uh, Randy Moss will not be playing tonight. And for more on that, let's go down to Jim Gray. That's the way that should have been handled. Grant Napier should not have been reading a statement on Randy Moss, who had just been on HBO Real Sports and talking about his marijuana use. That shouldn't have been me, all right? That should not have been Grant Napier. That should have been Jim Gray. Now, I will say this about Jim. 
Jim is the best interviewer to me in the history of sports broadcasting. But he is as he is the least talented person I've ever worked with. Ever. There's not even a close second. Ever. Jim Gray is good for one thing and one thing only. And he is great with a capital G. He's the best ever. The best of the best of the best of the best. He is a phenomenal interviewer. But that's it. In terms of being on live TV and not interviewing, absolutely horrible. Never worked with anybody as bad as Jim Gray. Awful. I mean awful. Terrible. All right, let's get to Ryan in Sacktown. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Grant. What's going on, man? 18 days in county. Doing well, oh, you? Oh, my gosh. 18 days. I, I Wow, I haven't even thought about that. That is literally right around the corner, my friend. Right around the corner. Um, I, I could not disagree with you anymore. Jim Gray is a terrible interviewer. He asked the worst questions at the worst times. And I get you're supposed to push the limits to get a reaction, but I would much rather see Jim do a sideline update rather than interview people. I mean, he turns my stomach. Now, I disagree. I think he's one of the great interviewers, interviewers that this business has ever had. I know he gets a lot of flack for the Pete Rose interview, you know, that day in Philadelphia. And I would agree with that. I do think that was improper questioning. But, uh, you know, when he, he is not afraid to ask anyone anything. And when you see him in the ring interviewing fighters that either have just won or just lost, I mean, he is not afraid to ask the tough, tough question. And I think it's refreshing for me to have an individual with a microphone asking tough questions. I, I, I appreciate that personally. I, I, I'm good with tough questions. It just seems like his timing's terrible. Like it, 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 you can ask a tough question, but it can also be a borderline inappropriate question, in my opinion. But, you know, we're, we're not going to see eye to eye on that per se. Um, I do. Have- well, I'll tell you this, though. He, he is the least talented person I've ever worked with. I've never worked with anybody in the business that is as bad on live TV or taping a segment as Jim Gray. Worst ever. Not, and not even a close second. Not even a close second. So, Grant, how can you be, go, be so good at interviewing and be so terrible at doing a segment? Because they're totally different. Oh, I, I get they're different, but that's still a skill set, right? I mean, you're you're uh, interview. It, go ahead. No, I was going to say you're you're still having to formulate questions, especially if it's a in game during the preseason or post game interview. You're not unless you had a player that scored thirty four points, and you know who you're going to formulating your questions. A lot of that stuff's on the fly, correct? Yes, that is correct. But again, interviewing is an art. You know, if you remember the late Larry King, he was regarded as the best interviewer in the history of television. All right. And that his show was so successful because he was a phenomenal interviewer. Being a great interviewer is an art. It's not as easy as some people make it sound. I mean, you have to be succinct. You can't go on and on. You have to be direct. And Jim Gray is all of those things. So I appreciate him as an interviewer. But I will tell you again, not to get off on a tangent, I, I, I mentioned this because he's yeah. won probably he's won over 10 Emmys. He's but but he is the least talented person I've ever worked with in television. Fair enough. I've never worked with him. Probably won't. But um, <laughs> no. you're talking about Al uh, Davis. 
and uh, your experiences with him and him telling you not to say certain things or it only comes up one time. How does that transition? And I'm guessing your partner, was it Lincoln Kennedy at the time? No, it was Jim Plunkett and Artie oh, Gentino. Okay. So if your partner brings that up after the fact, how do you transition them? I would just say, uh, I, I would not even acknowledge it. I would literally, in that situation, if Jim Plunkett or Artie had talked about it, I would have just gone right back to the play. In other words, there's another play coming up. I would have said, second and eight now with the ball at the, you know, second and eight here in the, or whatever. You know, I would, I would not even respond right. to it. I would, you don't have to respond to everything that your analyst says. You know, I mean, I didn't respond to everything that Jerry Reynolds said. You know, that's just part of what he was saying and part of what I, he didn't respond to everything I said. Now, if he, now here's sure. the difference though. If Jim Plunkett said, what do you think, Grant? Then I have to answer the question. But if it's not thrown back to me in that fashion, I don't have to say anything. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, um, I, I've been, listen, I've been on the air many times when my analyst, and again, you got to remember, I've done hockey, I've done football, I've done basketball, I've done a lot of different sports, both college and the NFL. There are times when the person that I'm working with will say something that is just plain out stupid. I don't have to respond to that. So I don't. I just move on. So does that make for an awkward dynamic in the booth or is there that understanding that, okay, we're moving on because you didn't respond to it? Most of the time in a situation during the next commercial break, we'll address it. And many times the person that says something stupid, myself included, I'll go, Hey, Jerry, Man, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. You know, that didn't happen very often, nor did it happen the other way. But it happened more often with people that like when I did the Sabercats games, I used to work with a lot of different people. And I remember I was doing a game on Long Island once with the Sabercats in New York. And George Atkinson was doing his first game with me and asked me on the air, how many points do you get? He goes, do you get? Just one point for an extra point, like in the NFL, or is it different? And oh, I my laughed. gosh. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I laughed. And I'm like, no, George, it's one. And then when we went to commercial, I go, George, don't admit that you don't know what the hell's going on. You know? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, George, it makes you sound like an idiot. I was very frank with him because I knew George very well. I had a very good relationship with George, and I could talk to George like that. I'm like, George, people are going to think you're a freaking moron. I go, don't say stuff like that, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, you got to be prepared or at least know what you're broadcasting other than just a football game. Um, has right. there been a time where you have talked to, besides the obvious, you have talked to players, owners, like you were talking about Al, and they came back and chewed you out for what you said, even though you were just doing your job? Never, ever on a live sporting event have I ever had an owner of a team ever talk to me about what I said. It's never happened. Not one time in my broadcasting career, either in the National Hockey League with the Kings or with football. Not one time. Not even after the game? Nope. Or what about the radio show? Yeah. Uh, would, uh, would you uh, get some well, back? you know what? Uh, maybe three times. The first one was I was on ESPN radio after the Kings had lost uh, a really big game and ESPN radio interviewed. And this is when the Kings were really good. And the 
the person that was interviewing me, I believe his name is Chuck Wilson, asked me about how I, you know, he, he talked to me about Chris Webber and used the term superstar. And I said, well, I wouldn't call him a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's an all-star. And I went into my response. Well, Chris got into a tizzy and was all pissed off. And so Jeff Petrie called me and Jeff goes, Grant, Grant, listen, you know what? I got to talk to you about what you said on ESPN. He goes, you know what? He goes, uh, I'm okay uh, with you going on and doing national radio shows, but you can't, you can't, you can't say that. All right. He goes, what, what Grant, Grant, why is it up to Jeff Petrie to tell you it's okay to go on national radio shows? That's your decision. Not really. If I'm speaking on behalf of the franchise and I am employed by the team, in addition to the radio station, and I'm on the radio as a quote unquote spokesperson, spokesperson for the Kings as a quote unquote expert, it, it is in their domain. If they had said, hey, you can't do any national interviews, I would have said, why not? But at the end of the day, it would be their decision. So anyway, I said, hey, Jeff, man, I'm sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. All right. So we are in Orlando. All right. Now, I'll tell you, this is something I will never forget. We are in Orlando, and it's about two and a half hours before the game. And I am the hotel that we stayed at in Orlando was right across from the arena. So you walked unless it was raining. So I'm walking to the arena, Mm -hmm. and I'm standing in front of the arena getting ready to go in, and my phone rings, and it's Joe Maloof. And Joe Joe goes, hey, Grant, it's Joe. He goes, hey, I heard what happened about Chris. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We're not upset at you. You know, we appreciate you. We love what you do for us. So don't worry about it. I don't want you to be bothered by it. Nothing's going to happen to you. You're not going to lose your job. We're not going to do anything. I just wanted you to know I didn't want you to be nervous going into the game because Chris is upset. Don't worry about it. And I was like, wow, that's a great owner right there. I mean, he absolutely called me and told me that. And then I had nothing to worry about. So, you know, those are phone calls that you never remember, that you really appreciate. And that is, I'll tell you, and I told you, I, I've been very frank about this. Gavin Malouf reached out to me right after my tweet and after I lost my jobs on um, when I got fired from KHDK right. and resigned from the Kings. Gavin reached out to me right away, you know, and said, hey, man, I'm really sorry that happened. That's just bullshit, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, you know, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, you know, periodically throughout the last two years, I get an occasional message. George Maloof reached out to me. You know, I appreciate that. You know, even though a lot of people in Sacramento, you know, think the Maloofs are basically a longer version of a four-letter word, I never thought that about the Maloofs. And I knew a lot more about what's going on (laughs) behind the scenes than a lot of people. But, you know, even with that said, a phone call or a text message goes a long way when you feel like you've crossed the line or you feel like, wow, okay, Jeff Petrie just called me and said, hey, you know what, you shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. And Chris was all pissed off. And, you know, Chris was very sensitive. I mean, Chris would get upset at anything. But, you know, I Chris was not a superstar. And I'm sorry, Chris Weber was never a superstar. His playoff performances in his entire career, not once did he ever have a series where you would say, wow, Chris played like a superstar. He didn't play like a superstar. Yep. He was an all-star. Superstars are LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas. Those are superstars. Chris was never on that level. Chris was an all-star. He was a very good player, but he wasn't on that level of those players that I just mentioned. Yep. Two things. Well, the first is at least they were listening, right? That's a good thing. 
Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> second is, you know, you're spending a lot of time with these guys. So how do you hash that out? Uh, it's difficult at times. First of all, I learned that a lot of the players listen to my show because, you know, I had a lot of friends on the team and they would tell me that, you know, the guys would laugh about me going off on callers and stuff in the locker room, you know, and it right. was like a big joke to them. And they would walk, hey, did you hear what Grant said today on this call? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so the players, you know, were listening too. Um, you know, Chris actually, to his credit, uh, the first time we got into it where he got mad at me for going on the air and then cursed me out the next time he saw me, about two days later, he came up to me and apologized. Good for him. And I said, you know, Chris, I really appreciate that, man. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm just, that's, you know, me on the radio and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I know you're from New York. I know, I know how you are. And I laughed and, you know, we were all good. And, you know, then there were one or two other uh, times when he got really upset at me. And I had a real run-in with his agent, Follisher Irwin. Follisher Irwin was an attorney in Detroit and Chris was his only client. And the guy was an absolute uh, Nick Kampoop. I mean, the guy was a moron. And uh, I had him on my radio show a couple of times and it was embarrassing. And I would actually tell him on the air, I'm like, Follisher, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Really? You don't really believe that, do you? And we would go on and on. And um, he was an, he was an idiot. I'm just going to call it the way it is. The guy was a moron. And I used to get into it with him and they were pretty contentious interviews that I had on my radio show. And I'm sure, you know, Chris didn't appreciate that either, but you know, that, that's just the way I was. So that's the way it is. Well, you're doing your job and it, it, you're not any different on the radio than you are in person or you are on the air with the Kings. So I, I don't think there's an issue with that. Some people take it personal. Some people don't. And they just happen to be people that take it personal. Hey, um, I'm going to hop I will, off. I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say this real quick in, in summary. So yeah. when the Kings had their last game at Arco Arena, OK, they brought in all of the former players that wanted to be there, which were very numerous and coaches. And we had the night before the game, a cocktail event and players were there from the 80s the 90s, the turn of the century, there were players there, okay? Uh, the Otis Thorpes were there, Spud Webb, Wayman Tisdale's wife and family, Walt Williams. I can go all the way up through Dwayne Causewell. And I will tell you, I will tell you nice. that being at that event was like a family reunion. And all of those players that were at that event, I had great relationships with and many of whom are my friends still today so the fact that i worked 32 years in the nba and have literally on one hand the number of players that didn't like me i'm okay with that ratio i'm okay with that it's not a bad ratio that's for sure um i i'm gonna hop off but before i do i'm gonna be or i'm gonna do a cheap plug if you're okay with that for our absolutely event. again yep. september 12th at bennett's um grant will be broadcasting live come out and meet us jerry reynolds will be there huge shout out to jay based off my blunders yesterday i'm not even going to try to shoot out his twitter address but i will retweet it yep. Most of you probably already follow Grant. You can also email us at grantandryanbald at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter 
at rhino, R-Y-N-O underscore in underscore Sacktown. And uh, we really, really want you to come out. It's for a good, good cause. And uh, you're going to see a couple of ugly dudes. There's no doubt about that by the end of halftime. Yes, you are. We're going to have some fun and uh, really looking forward to it. So thanks for the plug. And uh, you have a good rest of the day, Ryan. Thank you. You too, buddy. Thanks, Grant. All right. Take care. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapists anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. And we say hello to Thomas right here on Listen Up. Hey, Thomas, how are you today? Hey, Grant, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Hey, I just tuned in and uh, I had a, uh, you guys were talking about the Maloofs. So I have a, a quick kind of two-part story. So I, when I had my practice, yeah. I had a lot of employees. And so we had a conference in Vegas, right? And I was a season ticket holder for, what, 18 years. And Maloofs had their casino. And so I took them down. There was about uh, 12 of them all females right around my around my practice so anyway we went uh, out to dinner and i said well let's go over to the maloose uh, steakhouse because we weren't staying at their casino right so i nine which was a great steakhouse nine that was yeah, a great nine place got in so i called in and I, I said we're full and i said well oh by the way i'm a season ticket holder and so they put me on hold and she goes oh okay uh you know dr dutter whatever you know and he says, okay, no problem. Um, you're going to have to wait a little bit, um, but we'll find a table for you, right? So I'm waiting, right? And so as I'm waiting, this big guy pulls right up next to me, and it's Charles Barkley. And I go, and I go, hey, well, Chuck, what's going on? I said, are you going to be easy on the Kings this year? And he just, he sat down next to our table, and he kept coming over to us, and we had this fun argument, right? And it was it was just hilarious. It was just hilarious. So that was the first part of that, just being able to get in. Their steakhouse was full, 
But being a season ticket holder, they took care of them. Then the, the girls wanted to go up to their nightclub on the top floor, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Rain. yeah. Or no, uh, the, ghost the ghost bar. bar. The ghost yeah. bar. Yeah, they, and, then, right. and there was another yeah. dance place up there, too. And it was a mile yep. long. So I said, what the heck? I'll just get on. I'll go over to the white phone and say, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm a season ticket holder. And so they go, we'll put you on hold. And then, uh, okay, well, someone will come down and help you. Okay, yeah, no problem, because they were full. You couldn't. I had, I had nine, ten people. So anyway, come down. The, this guy comes down, and he turns around, and I go, he goes, hi, my name is Gavin. It was Gavin Maloof. He sat there, and, and for a couple, like a minute, wow. he had to wait. He goes, I appreciate you being a long-term Kings ticket holder. And we talked, and he... And he comped everything that night, drinks and everything. Saved me like, you know, $2 million up there in the ghost bar. <laughs> so I'll tell you this. That doesn't surprise me. The Maloofs were incredible uh, when it came to customer service. They did an amazing job. They were as generous as any people I've ever been around in my entire life. I don't know if I've ever been around more generous people than the Maloofs. Uh, what they did for people and strangers was absolutely unbelievable. And I saw things privately that they would help out people that were in great need. And I always really respected that about them. They are tremendous with uh, less fortunate people or with their customers. Uh, but, you know, not only people that spent money with them, but people that were in dire need and needed help. The Maloofs were not opposed to like, you know, giving someone on the street a hundred dollars, you know, to buy food. They were great that way. They really were. Absolutely. And that's why the Kings were successful you know, having Petrie and everything. And that's why, you know, they, they were on that series then, you know, that was, that was a great time. Now, are you, and, are you, uh, uh, tell everyone, are you still a King season ticket holder or no? Come on, Grant. You know, I couldn't I, give the tickets away anymore. <laughs> you couldn't give tickets away. Wow. Yeah. I, well, I could not give them away. No one would take them. Okay. Especially, you know, and so, so here we are now with this uh, new ownership. And, you know, we talked about it before. And so, you know, <laughs> anyway, it's it's crazy. So we got it. We have to get things changed, as we talked about. But anyway, that was my Maloof story. I thought they were great people. And I had ran, ran into them even when they were walking around. Uh, one time, Gavin was, I went up to get a beer. He's back there pouring beer, you know, um, amazing people so sure. hopefully hopefully yep we can amazing. get some of that maybe back someday you know so well anyway all right take appreciate care, it thomas yep you have a good day thank you very much all right good stuff there from uh, thomas i cannot remember every conversation with every individual i try my best but i i do try it i really appreciate everybody being on don't forget uh september 12th uh at bennett's kitchen bar in roseville on eureka september 12th all right and I'm looking at Thomas's picture on the app, and I'm thinking I'm going to look like Thomas. I'm going to have a bald head just like Thomas and just like Jerry. Yeah, I'm going to fit right in with you guys. You guys are going to be like, wow, okay, welcome to the club. Absolutely. I hope my hair grows back fast. I really do. All right. I know one guy that doesn't have an issue is my main man, John. John, what's going on, buddy? Oh, Grant, what you got to do, you and Ryan both, you got to put on a little mustache, a little goatee, so you got a little bit of fuzz on the dome, all right? Oh, okay. All right. That, that's all what right. you got to do. That's my opinion. 
All right. Well, I'm probably, I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already going uh, uh, over my uh, threshold by getting my head shaved. You know what I'm saying? So I, I got to be careful here. I got to be careful. I don't do too many things at once. Grant, I hear you 100 percent, man. And there was a day not all that long ago, four or five years ago, when it was going to be carte blanche for me to get my sh beard shaved if the Kings made the playoffs. And now I'm not sure if, if I'm not sure wow. if that is still going to happen anymore due to the COVID restrictions and all that stuff. But if that happens, that will be fun as hell. What's the COVID restrictions? Well, there, there aren't any anymore. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. And actually the guy that okay. I don't really talk to one of the guys that came up with that thing, if you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, that's, yep. that's where that lies. And, uh, I'm freaking sick of this beard. And if the Kings make the playoffs, it's going. And if they don't make the playoffs, I think I'm shaving my head too. Wow. Well, you know what? If they don't make the playoffs soon, you're going to be tripping on your beard. You know, that's going to be something you're stepping on when you're going out for a walk and stuff. Well, hey, Grant, you know, I took a foot off of it about a month ago. And, you know, I still can't read my Iron Maiden shirts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're killing me. Unbelievable. Well, that's how wow. it goes, man. Every single concert shirt, all I can see is like the very bottom of it, no matter what it is. Oh, I got one. It's, funny I as love it. it's a Genesis shirt. You know, Genesis Phil Collins. I could barely yeah. see the G. And yep. barely see the S. <laughs> it's broad letters from shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> but I could have put off the I length of it, Grant. It. But this thing's going soon anyways. Man, if I can I make it. your event, I'm gonna. I'm still trying to change my plans, Grant. If I can't, I'm still sending in a donation one way or another. And I know that this isn't going to be the last event that you guys do, or Ryan, or anybody, or Jerry, or whoever, or myself. We'll come up with way more of these, and... I'm still trying to change my plan so I can make it, buddy. John, good hearing from you, man. You as well. I appreciate your support. Yep, well, take care. Of course, bye -bye. of course. All right, bye-bye. All right, again, if you want to get in on uh, Thursday's show, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Again, Chet Holmgren already out for the year. That's just a horrible blow for that young man and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you just have to wonder – if this is going to have a long-term effect on him. Let's move along to Al. Al, good to hear from you on this show. How are you today? I'm good, Dave. I uh, went and looked up uh, Air Ball. Remember talking about the airlines and you talk about your amazing experience on the Air Force One, and then I was kind of joking yep. about Air Ball One and the, and the differences, and you're telling me about that cable and how, how they ran the cable. Well, I, yep. I tried to do the Al internet google and you know me with my my uh technological uh deficiencies i googled sacramento king's airball it kept coming up with thomas robinson nick stoutis <laughs> jim Dad. so finally I, I i googled bach 111 and make of the airline that you told me that was a make of the airline and yeah there it was man i read the yep. cable system and oh my god <laughs> Yep. How about that? I wouldn't lie to you. It's probably a good thing the players were kind of in the dark about that. You were probably sitting there maybe white knuckling it, knowing what you knew about uh, airlines. I don't know if you were a little nervous. Yeah, I've never, really, I've never really been nervous getting on an airplane before, to be honest with you. I've never been – I can't remember getting on an airplane and being nervous. So um, 
I, I felt pretty good and I was very confident with the pilots. I used to sit up there with them all the time. They were phenomenal pilots. So I didn't really have that big of an issue, but that Bach 111 was slower than the other planes in the sky. I remember I was sitting uh, in the cockpit from Denver to LAX one day and it was a beautiful day and planes kept on going by us. You could see them flying by us. And I was, I asked the Ford, I go, man, what, what's the deal? He goes, Oh, we're much slower than the other jets. And I'm like, wow. He goes, that's unbelievable. Uh, and the other thing I remember that day, it was a beautiful day when we took off from Denver. It was crystal blue sky and it was no clouds over the entire western third of the United States. But as we got yeah. uh, past Vegas, you could start seeing the pollution in the air on the horizon. And it got more and more uh, gray. And I'll never forget landing at LAX that day in the middle of the afternoon. The pollution was so bad, we couldn't see the runway until we were about a mile <laughs> or two miles out and yet there wasn't a cloud in the sky that is so <laughs> you're landing by instruments in LA, lax man that's, that's hilarious yeah. man that's that's unthinkable no, it's very true i mean you, you couldn't want, see the you couldn't see the runway until you're about two miles out because the pollution was so bad uh and as far as the fights in the practice man i i here's my thing you know first off it's football so if you you got an issue with a guy, just go knock the shit out of him on the next play. You can do it, you know, just drill him on the next play. I know. That's that's number one. And it's number two. So so don't start fighting with a guy if he if he cheap shots you or you know, just the next play, cheap shot him or or knock him on his ass legally, man. Why do you have to hurt? Yeah, I, hey Al, you know what? I don't know. I just don't understand why they have all the fights all the time, but it is what it is. And if I was a coach. I would tell my team, I guess I probably wouldn't have a team or be a coach, but I say, look, we got work to do. We got to get this work in. These 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 scrimmages, these these, you know, are the really the only uh uh effort, any anything that the regular starters, the only time they get now, because nobody coaches want to play their guys in preseason, the only real critical time is these 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 inner squad scrimmages where they the, the regular players get get time on the field. So to, to blow that up and because you're because you're Aaron Donald and, and you're being a meathead and don't rip the guy's helmet off his head. You know, I was I would say, you know what, you're, you're done. That's awful. I don't care if you're Aaron Donald or, or, or Donald Duck. You hit the showers. We got work to do. I would tell the team that because, you know, another thing you don't if you're punching a guy. In the helmet, you know your your hand is flesh and bone, and a guy's helmet, you know, is hard. So don't don't do it. And there's work to be done. And it's just stupid. I just can't fathom it. Yep. Thank thanks, Al. You have a good afternoon. All right, man. Take care. Bye bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. Why don't we uh, say hello to Jerry? What's up, Jerry? Welcome to the program. Hey, Grant. How are you today, sir? I'm good, buddy. Hey, Grant. Got a question for you. Uh, you know what? How much do you put into the Vegas odds makers when they do their prediction about the wins for the NBA teams? Not, uh, none. Zero. Uh, because they have the Kings at 32 wins this year. Um, if I was a bet man, Grant, I would take the over on that. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I would too. I would too. But, you know, the one thing you can't forecast are injuries and things of that nature. Uh, I'm sure Oklahoma City's win total just went down today by a few games. Um, wow. I would say the Kings are going to win probably, I would say, 35 games maybe. I don't think they're going to win more than 35, but I could see them winning more than 32. Do you think that'll be the top eight or do you think that'll be like the no. No, that will be not. That will be nine. If you win thirty-five, it'll probably be ten. Probably. Okay. It won't be eight or nine. Right. It'll maybe be ten. Right. And Grant, you were saying earlier that um, you're still good friends with some of the Kings players from past. Uh, you ever think oh, about yeah. any of those on your podcast? I've already had a lot of them on my podcast. Okay. All right. I've had um, Spud, I've had I've had Spud Webb on my podcast. I've had Reggie Theus on my podcast. I've had Joe Klein on my podcast. I mean, I've, there are many. I've, there are many I've had on my podcast. Okay, well, I need to go back and check on those then. Uh, I'll tell you right, right now. Well, if you want, uh, one of my favorite podcasts uh, was the one I did with Spud Webb. So just Google Grant Napier with Spud Webb, and that will come up. That was one of my favorite episodes that I've done. Uh, Spud is a dear friend of mine. I love him like a family member, and uh, we have a phenomenal, phenomenal friendship. Grant, are you um, are you still pretty close to Danny Ainge? Uh, yeah, well, whenever I used to see Danny, we would sit down and talk for quite a while. Danny also, uh, was my first guest when I hosted the Jim Rome show years ago. He was the first guest that I had on. And so, yeah, I mean, I consider Danny a friend. I don't see him anymore because I'm not doing the games anymore, but yeah, I love Danny. I love Danny. Right. Uh, one more thing, Grant, uh, the Niners tonight, uh, Trey Lance, I I assume he's going to play like the first half. Would uh, would you think that that's going to be enough time just to see what he's going to be like in the regular season? No, no, we'll have no bearing on the regular season. Uh, and I just talked about this yesterday with Sean Salisbury. Evaluating a quarterback in preseason is almost impossible. So, no, uh, it's not going to mean anything to me. Uh, we'll see when he starts seeing live action uh, coming up on September 11th at Chicago. All right, sir. Well, Grant, thanks for your time. Uh, love the show. Thank you, Keep Jerry. I appreciate it very much. You take care. Bye-bye. Again, if you want to get on before we wrap it up, hit your hand icon, uh, and we will be happy to uh, say hello to you. Uh, we'll wrap up the week tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific. And I think I told you this, but starting the week of week one in the NFL, we are going to move this show to 4 o'clock every day for a while. All right, let's get to uh, Amy. Amy, what's going on? You're on with Grant Napier. Hey, Grant. I just wanted to uh, tell you, first time uh, caller, and I've listened to you for, I 
probably decades, I'm sure. He used to be my favorite uh, uh, listen to on my drive home from work. Um, but I want to you. know that um, I am dying laughing hearing about our dating friend every day. Um, <laughs> right. It, it, is, it gives me a good laugh, and I really enjoy it. And I just want to say keep up the great work. Well, Amy, first of all, I appreciate your support. Thank you very much over the years. I also appreciate the fact that you found this app and you chime in. Don't be a stranger. Call in once in a while, all right? I would love to talk to you. Well, you know, you have a lot of really um, intelligent and smart callers on here in regards to sports. It's a little, um, can be a little intimidating at times, but if I feel confident enough, I will, I will give you, I will give you a call. Okay, well, I'll tell you this. On Wednesdays, I have a show, and it's called Open Forum Wednesday, where we talk about anything. So you don't even have to talk about sports. You can ask me anything you want, and we'll have fun with it, all right? Uh, absolutely. Thank you. All right, have a great day. Appreciate it. Love hearing from new listeners. That's great. Awesome. Love that. Good stuff right there from Amy. All right, so tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, we wrap up the week. Tomorrow, my podcast, if you don't like that, I preview the NFC. Tuesday, I'll preview the AFC. And then coming up on Friday, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. And then when we hit September, I'm going to start doing the show at four o'clock uh, every day Pacific. All right. Now, there might be times where I have to change it due to a travel restriction or something of that magnitude. But on uh, during football season, I want to lead up to Monday night football and Thursday night football. And coming on at four o'clock, will allow me to do that. All right. Hey, have yourself a phenomenal rest of the day. I appreciate your support. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.